So here we go. Um, I'm, here's what I'm going to do. Our series is called Unstuck. This is about helping us get unstuck in life. And we all get stuck at different points, in different ways, and in different seasons. And the reality is, um, you and I, we get stuck more than once, you know. And to do the Unstuck series, we're following the life of Abraham. And so if I do this well, we can gain some tools for getting unstuck in our life, and we can learn a little bit about the character in the Bible, Abraham. By the way, we've been doing this for weeks now, and his name is not even Abraham yet. It's still Abram. One, two, three, Abram. He didn't get the ha in his name yet. All right? So we're going to wait for that. It's coming. It's part of the story. And today I want to talk to you about having vision for your life. Because vision for your life can get you unstuck. If you don't have any vision for your life, it's easy to get stuck. Because you can't see yourself going anywhere, getting anywhere. And this can happen to a lot of us. We can get into a routine and life become... uh, Does anybody ever feel like you, you blinked and all of a sudden you were 40? Or you blinked and all of a sudden you just didn't realize your kids had kids. or so, you, know, you start to realize, wow, it can go by really quickly. And all the things that you were going to get around to doing, you, you think, boy, I'd, I don't know if I'm going to get around to doing those things. Genesis 15. Here we go. Um, by the way, as I read this story, there are some parts in the story that are just... Um, uh, to our ears, weird, strange, difficult. And I'm going to try to dive in, um, and we'll see if we can make some headway here. So up until this point, Abraham has left Ur. He's heard God call. He got stuck in Haran, but then he made his way to Canaan. But then there was a famine, and then he had to go down to Egypt, and that's where he told the fib about his, his wife being his sister, and then he came out of there, and then he had a, a problem with uh, Lot, his nephew, who he had taken under his wing, and so they parted ways, but then Lot had problems, so he had to go rescue him. He's had a crazy life so far. Anybody had a crazy life so far? There we go. And Genesis 15, after this, The word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Vision, key word today. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your very great reward. I'm just going to throw this out there. I am foolish enough to believe if you hitch your wagon to God, you can have a rich and a rewarding life. I'm just foolish enough to believe that. Now, doesn't mean your life will go perfectly. Abram's didn't go perfectly. That's not what I said. I didn't say perfectly and no flaws and no struggles. I didn't say that. But rich and rewarding. Or Jesus said, I came to give you life in its most abundant form. And so he says, I, uh, I am, don't be afraid. God's sensing the fear in Abram. I am your reward. Uh, but Abram said, Lord, uh, how can, you, uh, how can you do this for me? Because I'm still childless. This whole thing started with you saying I was going to be uh, a father uh, of nations and that you were going to bless me and I was going to bless the whole world. And Abram said, you have given me no children. So a servant of my household will be my heir. 
He kind of maybe has a minute to breathe after rescuing Lot and all the running from famine and all the stuff. And he has a minute to breathe. And he's sort of waking up like this happens to people in a midlife crisis time. And they look and they go, wow, what happened? And I'm still not where I thought I was going to be. I feel stuck. Abram feels stuck. Today we're going to talk about the, the, the two things that get you unstuck, vision and promise. Vision is about what's possible in your life. And there's a lot more that's possible in your life than you've ever thought about. Look, there's a lot more that's possible in your life than you've thought about. One person said, I like this, vision is a picture of a preferred future. You need that. You need a picture in your head of a preferred future. Not just how things are, but you have to have a vision for how things could be. This is so key for you. You have to have a vision. That's a sense of what's possible. And then you need a promise. Promise is some sort of certainty that really can happen. Otherwise, it's just pie in the sky. You know, it's just just fanciful drawings. But a, a promise is something that starts to get into your soul. And what this story is about is about vision and promise gets Abram from stuck to unstuck. And so, God takes Abram outside, and he says to him, look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. And he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abram, take a look at the stars. Now, I have to tell you, of all the the passages of Scripture that I love, this is one of my absolute favorite. And if you've been around Orchard Grove, you've heard me talk about this before. You need to take a walk under the stars. You need to let God take you for a walk under the stars. It's as if... Abram, come here, come away from all of the noise and just just stare at the night sky. And when you're staring at the night sky, just think about trying to even count to those stars. What's the subtle message that God's giving to Abram? I did that. And if I did that, what could I do for you? What could I do in you? What could I do through you? He's starting to expand Abraham's vision. We need more visionaries, don't we? We need visionary people. I, let me just say this a couple of things about vision while I'm here because I think this could help us a little bit. You know, true visionaries are rare. True visionaries are rare. Think about it. Today, you think of a visionary like Elon Musk, right? And sometimes we, you're a visionary and we think they're half crazy because sometimes they are. They're right on the border of nuts, right? Because when you look at the night sky, you, 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 have, to have, you have to be open. You have to be a visionary. And, and this is important because other visionaries, Steve Jobs was a visionary. Dr. King was a visionary. Mahatma Gandhi was a visionary. A lot of the prophets in the scripture were visionaries. They were spiritual pioneers. Of course, Jesus was a visionary. He talked about the kingdom of God. 
It was things that other people couldn't see that they could see. And sometimes when you, when you encounter a true visionary, you don't know how to handle them because they sort of see another realm. They see another dimension. And here's the thing I've learned about vision. Most of us need vision in small doses. I call it baby vision. There's very few people. There's, there's some true visionaries, and you can just drop the whole enchilada on them. But most of us, we just need starter vision, just a little bit. Just give me a couple of drops because we can't handle it. Just give me a little dose. You have, to, you have to give it to Abraham for being a visionary, leaving Ur of Chaldees and all of its um, wealth and knowledge. Do you remember back to the very first sermon when I explained Ur, what he left behind? The invention of mathematics and astronomy and the invention of language and the invention literally of the wheel. The invention of beer. The invention of all these things. That's true. You can do, do your history. He left, he left it all behind. And he, he must have been a visionary. And so what, because we need like little small doses, we also need a lot of repetition. Repetition. Hit me with that again. Could you? Hit me? And what you'll find in this story is God just keeps repeating himself over and over and over because this is, this is good. Vision leaks. It just leaks. It just slowly seeps out. And you had vision for your life. You had this, th- but it leaks. And so you constantly need another dose, a refill. And vision has to be instilled over and over and over again in your life. We need repetition. And in Abram's story, it gets repeated over and over and over again. So let's go on in the story. Abram believes him, and God says, I want to give you credit for that. He believed it. He received the vision. He credited him, it says. And then right after that, this is so human nature, Abram says, um, thanks for the promise, uh, for the vision. This is how many offspring you're going to be. He says, but what about the land? And how can I know for sure that I'm going to get the land? So it's kind of like I believe, but I don't. We see this in the New Testament. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And this is just how you and I live. Let's just be honest for a minute. We're all kind of half-believers. Come on, be honest. Please be honest with yourself, at least. We're all kind of half-believers. Like, yeah, I kind of believe it here, but I mean, Lord, help me, but I believe, but help my unbelief. In other words, there's, boy, that, that part's big. I surveyed here, if you got out of bed today and you came here and it's winter and all that, probably most of you would check the box if I said, do you believe there is a God or do you believe in God? You'd go, yes. But then if I got specific, do you believe God's going to do this thing in your life? I might get the question mark. You see, I believe, but I believe, but, and this is Abram. He believes, but I don't know if God has time to, you know, kind of get messed up in my affairs. And I believe he does. And so he says to him, "Um, all right, Abram, I tell you what. Abram says, how can I know? Because we want to know. Don't we want to know? Who wants to know something? 
about your future, about what God's going to do, about what's going to happen next week. About We just want to know. Gosh, we want to know. How can I know? God says, okay, here we go. This is where the story gets strange. Hang in there because this is a strange story. Let me, before I tell you the story, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why it's strange to us before I tell you this strange story. This morning, I'm getting Charlie ready. I'm on dad duty. Vicky's here helping the production team. I'm there. I've been assigned to get the Valentine's dress on, the one with the hearts and the little red bows. And I got I'm, I'm on it. I am on it. And so um, I was told, like, get her ready and then yourself ready because someone explained that to me. So I did. I was getting her ready. And then I went to get myself ready. I'm still not sure that was the right sequence, but I went with it. And I was getting myself ready. And there I was, shaving, you know, and Charlie comes in. She's all red. And um, she sees me with my towel on, shaving. She says, Daddy's diaper. <laughs> what? How, do I, how do I explain this? Now, it gets better. It gets better because, um, uh, I, well, okay, some things you just don't explain right now. How many know? Just, we'll, we'll talk about that next week. Uh, fine, all right, because I just need to finish this up. Uh, Daddy's diaper. And, but this last month, she's learning to take her diaper and put it in the trash. She's learning to take her diaper and put it in the trash. So she says, put it in the trash. Put it in the trash. She wants to take my diaper and put it in the trash. And I said, no, we can't do that right now. i got to get ready for church. And then uh, later on I take... I realized in front of her, I take my diaper and start rubbing it in my head. And I thought, this has got to be quite confusing for the little one. Is anybody with me? All right. So, all right. So the story I'm going to read is going to feel a little bit like that. All right. I'm going to read you this story and you're going to go, huh? Okay, here it is. So the Lord says, bring a heifer, a goat, and a ram, each three years old. A heifer, a goat, and a ram. One, two, three. A heifer, a goat, and a... And they want to be three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. Abram brought these and cut them in two and arranged the halves opposite of each other. The birds, however, he did not cut in half. Huh? The birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but Abram drove them away. As the sun was setting, Abram fell into a deep sleep. And a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. Then the Lord said, No, for certain. No, for certain. No, for certain. Let's say it together. No, for certain. This is what he wanted. He wanted to know. It's one thing to have vision that's a pie in the sky. It's another thing to know. Because people that know, they do. They do. I, I People say, when you started Orchard Grove, did you know it was going to succeed? And I was like, well, I went, well, yeah. And I look back now, I go, that was a stupid answer. But I, I just, I knew here. And I, I, literally since then, people have sent me, this is God's honest truth, a friend of mine was also in youth ministry. He moved to Texas, and he sent me a business plan to start a church. And it was like 30 pages, and I read it, and I'm like, oh, that's what I should have done. I mean, it was like incredible. I was like, wow, what a great idea. I mean, I had nothing except this. But sometimes this means a lot when you know. 
He wanted to know, is this going to happen? And God goes, okay, so that you know. Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own. He says, this is how you can know for certain. Um, In those days, they did contracts different than we do them now. So today, you buy a, a car, you sign a contract. You buy some real estate, you sign a contract. Anybody? I mean, today, I mean, for, for whatever reason, I've had to read a lot of contracts lately. And my, I mean, anybody with me? Like, I have no idea. After a while, you know you're just signing your life away. And I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not rich enough to hire enough lawyers to read all of this. I had to sign a thing about how you signed the thing before you signed it. Anybody with me? DocuSign, anybody? Are you guys awake or what's going on out here? So you, you, you sign all these things because it's a contract. Like, if I don't hold up my end of the bargain, then this is going to happen. If you don't hold up your end of the bargain, then this is going to happen. And that's been a part of human history forever. We've always needed contracts. We've always needed that agreements. You do this, and then I'll do this. You pay this amount of money, and you can rent this hall. And we sign a little agreement. And you clean up the mess, or we will charge you this fee. It's an agreement. Got it? This is how they did agreements. They would take an animal, they'd cut the animal in half, and they would put half on this side, and they would put half on this side. They had a heifer, half, right? And, th- and then they would take a goat, put half and half. And then, then what they would do is the two parties would walk the aisle together, and they would repeat this. May this happen to me if I don't uphold my end of this agreement. May I be spliced in half. Like, I'm a pastor, so I do ceremonies, you know, weddings all the time, and I'm always trying to find ways to help people understand the seriousness of their vows to one another. So I'm thinking about this. Okay, never mind. All right. dinner afterwards. This meant serious business. You're walking down the middle and you saw this sliced up and, and, and you, you committed with all of your heart. I am committed with all of my heart to my end of the con. And if I don't hold up my end, may this happen to me. And you walk down and you can just see the blood and the guts. Wow, what a bizarre story. But then when you know the history, you know, by the way, um, if you think I'm making this up, Jeremiah, I think it's 34, Jeremiah 34, um, God talks to um, his people about them not holding up their end of a contract. And this is what it says, those who have violated my covenant and have not fulfilled the terms of the covenant, the agreement, the agreement, I will treat like the calf they cut in two and what? Walked between the pieces. Uh, This is a common thing. Now, by the way, do you know the context of that covenant that they broke? Jeremiah 34, Bible scholars. This is talking about, this is talking about, they had made an agreement in Israel to free all of their slaves. And then, after they did it, they changed their mind. And God says, I'm not happy with this. So just for grins, since it's um, Black History Month in America, we can learn from our history. 
We can learn from our history. Do yourself a solid favor and do some reading. Do some research. Just learn something. Because what's the old saying in history? You always were taught this at the first history class in high school, right? Those who don't learn from history are bound to repeat it. But we can, what we can also do is we can learn to extend and extrapolate some of the mistakes that we made in America to other people. It's not just about black and white. It's, it's about learning the deeper principles about equality for everybody, that we're all equal in God's sight. Think about this. This was a common practice. So when you and I read it, you know, it's 2021, you read stories like this and you go, what in the world? But now you realize, wait a minute, God was setting up a contract. Abram wanted to know, is my life really going to be something? You give me these visions and you give me these, these promises, but is my life really going to be something? And God says, get out the ink. Anybody got a printer? That's what he's saying. He says, let's cut, he says, let's cut him in half. Let's do this, God says. Let's do this. Let me show you. This gets better. This story is about to get better. You can't believe it's going to get any better. And this story right now is going to get better. Are you ready? And then God says to him, and now that didn't say this is going to be easy, right? And he explains to them that they're going to go through difficult times. And then he says, and then it says, when the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking fire pot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. So up until now, Abram's just been doing what? He arranged them and he shooed the birds away, which, oh man, I could do a whole sermon on shooing the birds away. I really could. Because sometimes you just got to shoo all the distractions in your life. Sometimes the stuff that's just, come on. That's all he's doing. He's just waiting. Wait, God told me to do this. God sent me to the printer. He, he's literally putting the paper out. Is anybody getting it? And then this smoking fire pot comes and goes down between the pieces. What just happened? You see, the, the, the weird part to us, Americans, 2021, is the whole story is weird. Be, be honest, don't act that self-righteous and spiritual. The whole story's weird. It, that story's not weird to them. That's just, oh, they're doing a contract. Doing, but here's where it's weird to them. Ready? God didn't wait for Abraham. The smoking pot, fire pot is the sign that's God's presence. God just goes through alone and says, I'm going to uphold this no matter what whether you're faithful or unfaithful. Man, some of you better get a hold of this. God is giving him a one-way promise. This is like you doing a covenant of your will and saying, this is just my decision. This is just what I've decided to do for my daughter. God is just saying, I promise. I give you my word. 
God just gave you his word. Do you know what could get you out of a rut in your life? What could get you unstuck? When you have a vision for your life that is way bigger than you've ever had before. You know what it says in 1 Corinthians? It says, you know, eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard. It's never entered into the mind of man. What God has in store, right? (laughs) But God has something in store for you. It says, but... God has revealed it by His Spirit. In other words, the promises, the stuff that God has for you, it's, it will blow your mind. Or, as the Grinch says to little Max, prepare to have your little puppy mind blown. God has stuff for you that you can't conceive of. can't even imagine. And so you need a couple of things, and I'll close with this. You and I, you need vision, and you need the promise. The vision is how possible, how big, how amazing, how incredible the vision is, but the promise is the sense down here. How do I get that? I was listening to someone this week. He was talking about technology. And he said, perhaps our culture doesn't have the technology for that. And I thought, that's right. We got the technology for everything, but we're losing our technology for accessing God. We're losing the technology. We are. Um, If this sounds old school, like you should come to church and never miss church and that sort of thing, this is not what this is meant to sound like. But we're paying a price for ignoring our spiritual side. We're we're losing our coding abilities. We know how to get anything and everything off of the internet, and we know how to do, we can send rockets, but we don't know how to do that. There were a couple of key things in that story that I don't know if you caught, but Abram got into a deep sleep. He got into a deeper state. We're losing that ability. Our culture is losing that ability to connect with God. Because we're filling our lives with so much other noise and so much other stuff that we don't take the time to... You pick the word. Focus, meditate, concentrate, worship, Whatever, whatever word helps you, but you know when you get to a place where you're, you're connecting with God and something transcends in you and everything is screaming. Unfortunately, shallow church culture is screaming. Unfortunately, secular educational culture, they're all screaming the same things from a different side. And that is there is no transcendent. There is no supernatural. There is no above and beyond you. And this is what's happening. We're losing that ability. Fewer and fewer and fewer people see the transcendence in their life. It's costing, really is, our society. Sure, Grandma's church wasn't perfect. Yeah, sure, you can find flaws and faults with some of the things that you grow up with. Of course, of course, that's easy to do. But maybe, 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 
there's something we were supposed to hold on to through all of that. How do we get in touch with the transcendent? Huh? How do we commune with the divine? How do we pray? How do we talk to God? How do we hear from God? Sure, sure, you can make fun of a person that you said has heard from God and they do wacko things. Fair enough. But you're going to let that guide the rest of the decisions of your life? You throw the whole thing out? We need, this is what the generation needs. We need to know how to commune with God again. We need the technology, I'm going to call it the technology, to connect with God. Old school things like prayer. Dare I say, pausing an hour a week, God forbid. Because otherwise, what happens? We lose vision. We lose the promise. The birds come. Poke it all away. And God's signature gets smudgy. You know what I mean? I'm telling you, when you feel like you got, huh? What if you had a piece of paper that said at the bottom, guaranteed by God? Would you lose that paper? That's what this is. That's what this, this is a contract. This is an absolute ironclad promise from God. And guess what? When you have a promise from God put here, man, you're dangerous for good. Hmm? I'm out of time. Let me just say this. If you get stuck, and we all get stuck, we get stuck and we just, life gets too routine, it gets ordinary, it's like, ah, oh, it's never going to happen for me. And we, Look, you've you got to take a walk with God. Take a walk with God. There's a good technology. Find a way to get under the night sky and let God open up your heart again to his power and his promise. And let God hand you his written contract word. I promise you, I'll do this, Abram. Because we all waver at times. Abram wavered. We all question. We all doubt. That's all a part of it. And by the way, Abram's relationship with God is very real. I think this is important. Your relationship with God needs to be real. It needs to be genuine. It needs to be sincere, not phony. Don't try to act like you believe stuff that you think Chris believes, because who cares what I believe? Your relationship with God is very important because it's very real to you. And Abram's like, hey, I'm struggling here. That's a great prayer. I'm struggling here. You know why a lot of people don't have genuine faith? It's because they haven't struggled. They haven't been honest with God about what they don't believe. That's where, how this whole thing started. And then they had to get, then, then Abram could have this experience. And you can have a deeper experience. If you're honest with God, I think you can have a more personal and a deep experience. And that can carry you a long ways. Let's stand. We'll have a closing prayer.